Welcome to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Dana Berg. Well, welcome everybody to another Cloud and Clear episode, this time work from home edition. Uh, I have and am very excited to uh, have a very special guest, somebody that I actually am uh, more excited about than most given his background and his passion and what he does, does, and that's uh, Jason Martin, Global VP of Google Professional Services at Google. Welcome, Go uh, welcome, Jason. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. I'm super excited to be with you. Uh, I guess it was, what, six months ago about when I uh, saw you down in Burbank? Uh, yeah. Um, now we're a lot's changed since then, um, but looking forward to uh, spending some time with you here. Yeah, the world was very different in January. Uh, you know, Jason, you're you're referring to we had the great privilege of having you come join us at our SADA All Hands, where we bring everybody together in, into SoCal and we kind of spend a week talking about things. I, I remember you were so kind enough. I think it, if memory serves, it was even your wife's birthday, right? It, uh, it, it was indeed. Yeah, it was. It, it was spot on that day, I think. And so she came. <laughs> she came down. Um, and uh, we stayed up in Hollywood Hills at a nice little boutique uh, hotel that a friend recommended. And it wasn't too far from Burbank, uh, even with the traffic. Yeah. Oh, well, my heart goes out to her. She's a good woman. Uh, we we appreciate it. You, you actually spent, for the audience, you spent a lot of time talking to our 250 folks about generally what the world of Google PSO is doing. We'll talk, probably talk some similar things today. But... Uh, it was great for my collective team to to learn more about how to become a really great professional services organization, and we learned so much from you. And uh, one of the reasons why well, I'm well to be, I, be honest, vice versa, because we've been on this journey together. I think um, <laughs> uh, you know from of the early. I think Sada and Tony was one of the first partners I met when I joined um, just over yeah. four years ago. So um, it's been it's been an incredible journey with Sada. Yeah. and my time at uh, at Google uh, together. So yeah. we've learned from well, each other. We we do. That's a great part of our special relationship. Um, you know, I'm I'm in I'm particularly excited. The reason why I'm sitting in the Johnny Carson chair, I kind of feel like uh, Ed McMahon or I, I guess it's Jay Leno before he, he got the Tonight Show. I'm sitting in the chair today because um, I have this uh, passion. I have an affinity for professional services, largely because that's kind of how I've come up through the ranks over the 20 plus years. Um, and I know you have too. And, um, you know, someone once told me I have a, a mentor. His name is John O'Melia. He's, he's the CEO of, of Seal Software, which just recently got acquired from DocuSign. He, you know, he mentioned, you know, something to me earlier on saying, hey, professional services is not for the faint of heart. It's hard. And that's why I love doing it. And it always gives challenges. It's, it's, it's always the thing that, you know, iron sharpening iron with customers and doing new things all the time, constantly getting in new challenges. And it's always been something that I've just, just absolutely loved. And I know, I know you share the same affinity. But, absolutely. Yeah, and no, yeah. I've been in services from my first, uh, first formal job, essentially, uh, after school. Yeah. So it's been, it's been uh, quite an evolution. Um, yeah. but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. tell me about that. I mean, Jason, so 
I, you know, I've been, you know, I've been following you for a long time and, and, you know, I've, you know, I've kind of been seeing kind of your career projection by looking at all the things that you've done over the years. Um, you know, it looks to me like you're, you're a fellow PAC 12 graduate of, uh, of university out of Stanford and, uh, very impressive. I'd love to know generally how you got into this business. What's your story? You know, how did it evolve? Well, I suppose if you go way back, I actually did uh, my freshman year at Stanford and I actually ran cross country and track for them, which is how I got there. I don't think it certainly wasn't all academics. Um, And um, uh, I took a a CS class and learned how to code in Pascal. And I went home over the summer and wrote a a video store check-in checkout system for our local video store. And and, uh, no one told me at the time that you need to think about support uh, and long-term maintenance. So I just you know, thought I had this awesome deal where they paid me, I don't know, $500 and all the movies I ever could want for my entire life. And, yeah. and I wrote the, wrote the program pretty quickly, deployed to, this is after, you know, one semester of Pascal. So I hadn't learned linked list yet. So I'm like, well, how many movies could they ever have? Let's just do a big array of 3000, you know? And, um, uh, because I wasn't thinking about the maintenance I delivered to them. And then it just became this, like every time I walked in to get a movie, I had to do some kind of feature update or bug fix. And eventually got to where I would just like, like to get to the post office, I'd crawl under, you know, their windows so they wouldn't see me because I didn't, I didn't want to get pulled in to do more maintenance. So, right. so much for the, so much for the free videos, but, but then fast forward a couple of years, um, uh, a mentor of mine said to me, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And they said, well, if you don't know what you want to do, go be a consultant. Cause, cause yeah. they can kind of do everything. Right. And so that's how I joined at the time, Anderson consulting now, obviously called Accenture. Um, and then after four and a half years there made the transition to, um, to ad tech. Actually, I was at a startup called, called net gravity, which ironically IPO would and we got bought by our biggest competitor, which is double click. And uh, when I joined Google in 2016, I was like, well, what do you mean double click still around? I did that like a whole career ago. So I was doing ad tech. Oh, and I also studied AI undergrad. So I was an AI major at Stanford. Oh, wow. Took classes from, you know, John McCarthy, who invented the Lisp and coined the term AI and uh, Feigenbaum, who, who invented expert systems. And I got out and joined Anderson and like, you know, it's like there's no no business in AI. Like I didn't even, all the things I learned, which wasn't much because it was just undergrad. Um, there's no way to, uh, to, to deploy into that at work. I think I was like high-fiving somebody on one of my projects where I actually got to, you know, uh, do recursion. Like that was an advanced thing, right? But doing right. expert systems or, or, you know, any kind of uh, machine learning back then, it was more academic. Like that just didn't happen. So, but don't you learn, the, but don't you learn, I always tell people that have started in that big five, six, four, whatever it is. Uh, it's an amazing training ground. Like you learn quite a uh, yeah. bit of things. Well, you may not they, always get to work on some of the things that are your passion, but some of the accounts you get thrown into and the way to kind of, you know, adopt methodology and consistency and standards. It's a, it's a, it's an exceptional thing for someone's coming out of, uh, out, out of school. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. I think methodology is the thing you hit on that I learned the yeah, most, which is like, yeah. how do you methodically drive a process that gets you to customer success, that gets you to delivering results at the end? And, you know, the way, you know, Anderson, and I'm sure the others do this as well, I just was more familiar with them. Like they just, they were so methodical because they were trying to make sure that fresh grads could actually deliver value very, very quickly. So, 
you know, that's something I took with me at, at every at every company. Um, and, and I've pretty much always been in services. I had a brief stint in sales um, at DoubleClick, actually, um, doing ad, you know ad tech sales. Um, and you know, literally overnight, I went from being the person that everyone was calling to the person that people that return calls. And I was like, "What? I'm still the same person. I'm super knowledgeable. Like, why? What? You know, I have to chase them down." So didn't like that much and went went back to the services side. But um, uh, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I'm amazed. I mean, the others, and then after DoubleClick, uh, you know, did did VMware, and I'm actually amazed at the parallels between the cloud migration and the virtualization wave. Um, you know, some of the similarities are that it's obviously a huge cost savings, which you know you and I were talking earlier about what that means in a COVID scenario. But but yeah, um, it also touches every area of IT. Whereas VMware is just compute virtualization, it did touch every layer of IT. You know, measurement, and monitoring. Uh, capacity planning, change management, um, obviously touch your storage and network architectures. Yeah. Um, it pretty much touched everything, but cloud is everything, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. you know, seeing a lot of similarities between what happened in the virtualization wave. And I had a very similar role there at VMware that I, I have at Google, which is running global professional services. Yeah. I want so, to talk to you about that. Like, you know, first off, VMware, you know, if you think about some of the companies in history that you know, completely transformed the way that we think about computing resources in a world that maximizes efficiency and reuse. That was an early pioneer in that world. And you started there very kind of in the heyday of seeing that growth. You started there very early. Yeah, I think I started the year I started, they had 10 million in revenue. Um, yeah. All desktop, all virtual, you know, desktop virtualization. ESX 1.0 came out uh, a few months after I joined. And when I left, it was a 10,000-person company with over two and a half billion in revenue. So, you know, pretty massive growth. It felt like working for five different companies through that through that growth over eight years. Um, but uh, I mean, the amazing thing is, though, if you if you if you look at it, like that was stuff that was being done on the mainframe virtualization, right? You talk to yeah. Mendel Rosenblum, the founder and Stanford, you know, distributed systems professor, who, by the way, taught Larry and Sergey. So there's, there's a lot of connections here, I think. Um, um, you know, he, he talked about how he felt like he was doing virtualization in, at Berkeley and going to all these academic conferences. And then all the academics decided they'd discovered everything. So it was, a, it was a dead field. It's like I became a history major overnight. And then he figured out how to implement it on x86. And that was the new thing. But that's pretty much what we've seen in every, every wave of technology. It was mainframe to mid-tier, mid-tier to x86, x86 to virtualization. And everything gets reinvented. Like all the other things you need to go do gets reinvented for that new platform. And you know we're well into that in cloud now. And you think about all the, the software, the measurement monitoring, the services companies, the whole ecosystem is changing around cloud, just like it did, uh, you know, with those other waves as well. Yeah, yeah. And you're and you um, you had a professional services leadership role there, was which I, I don't know too much about how. VMware's professional services organization was was kind of built and what their strategy was, but I think when you were there, it was it was quite small uh, when when you started. Um, that grew pretty extensively as well, right? Yeah, I think I think when I joined, it was me and one trainer and one consultant. So yeah, pretty small. I was the player coach. Um, <laughs> you know, I literally did um, the first um, physical to virtual migrations. Um, at GE Industrial Systems uh, in Connecticut, um, and uh, you know that was with beta software on beta ESX, and I was like, "Is this going to work?" And um, 
uh, we migrated 50 NT servers and didn't bat an eye. And it was like worked perfectly. And they were super happy. They saved a ton of money. That was when I realized it was about six months into the job. I realized, well, wow, this, this company's going to go somewhere. Um, but when I left, it was, we had 550 people. But the part I was most proud of was actually how we work with the partner community, right? Like, you know, when yeah. you're in a technology um, company, a services organization, your goal is not to grow services, right? I mean, that's not the point of the, 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 the org. The point of the org is actually to help the core mission, which is the product side. Um, and, you know, I think we did some very cool things with, uh, with the channel uh, at VMware. And, and I know as a, from a services strategy, it's all about like, let's learn first and let's share with everybody. So we were, we were, you know, in a very much an open source view on our services IP, which is the same thing we have here at Google Cloud. Um, yeah. The quicker we can yeah. learn something and get it out, the better off we're going to be. Well, we also realize all of our partners have knowledge in areas we don't. So how do you make it so they can augment what you've provided? You know, you've got the foundations and basics. So that, that was that was kind of the goal there. It's it's the goal now. I think the difference is, you know, a big project for us there might be a million dollars or something. You know, here it's 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 tens of millions. Even we've even done some over a hundred million now from a services yeah. perspective. So it's just a it's just a much bigger scale. And, and as I mentioned before, we're touching every layer of the IT stack from you know core infrastructure on up to applications, database, AI, machine learning, vertical solutions. So it's 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 obviously much bigger here at Google. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We we've 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 had on this show several times over the last year people that have re represented the channel and people that are represented in the partner community. And there has definitely been um, kind of widespread, unanimous feedback and an outward expression of the fact that you know partners are a big part of the Google ecosystem. I'm probably going to ask you a little bit more about that later. But in every one of the folks that we've talked to from Google that have now very prominent roles, you know, it always seems to have kind of arisen from learnings that have happened over the last 20 years in seeing some of the greatest companies double down, triple down, and expand their their footprint and their reach. And the ones that get that right have certainly been the ones that have seen the most amount of success in this new era. You know, um, and, it, and, and I know that Google has been hiring from the likes of all of these great companies. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see that now represented in, in, in the very highest levels of, of Google. You know, yeah, I mean, one one thing that's different about Google than VMware. I mean, VMware, we you know we live in the valley, so you know it's expensive cost basis, but nothing like Google, right? So, you know, from a from a, it's just it's hard to make a a, a services peer services business work inside of Google, and we won't. And and we'd much rather spend our investments on on engineering uh, and sales, quite frankly, than we would on on services folks. So that's where we absolutely rely on our partners. Uh, to help grow that. And, and again, like I said earlier, there's specialty skills that we won't have, you know, our core focus, our core technology, but to make, you know, business value for our customers, they, they need, they need a much bigger picture than that at times. So it's, it's vertical knowledge, it's other technologies. Um, so that's, you know, that's where we really rely on the partners. So, you know, one of our, like, I always joke you, I think you've heard me say it before, like, you know, the name of our org is PSO, Professional Services Organization, super creative. <laughs> um, and so we call ourselves PSO and I always joke that the P stands as much for partner as it does professional, right? Because I really do, um, uh, look, a lot of our key metrics are partner attached. You know, I don't want us to be out there working with the customer by ourselves. It, it, it only occurs about 10 to 15% of the time, you know, those are very unique projects and unique clients. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure we're out there working alongside partners and that, you know, ultimately the long tail really is coming from the partner, not, not from us. We're working on the hard new stuff the first time with that client um, or with the new product. Um, uh, but then we have some partners like you who can take some of the new <laughs> products and move faster than us, right? Like yeah. the stuff you guys are doing around Anthos is great to see. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just because we're Google and we're the vendor doesn't mean, you know, you have to get behind us. You can get out in front of us too. We're, we're perfectly happy with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was going to talk about it later, but you know, since you brought it up, you know, as I kind of reflect back in my career and, you know, having looked and worked at places like, you know, Hitachi, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Deloitte and, and the likes, you know, pure services organizations. Um, and, and I, and I, and I, and I love, and I have great admirations for, for, for those, uh, pure consulting companies. Um, but, you know, having now taken on my role leading pro professional services as SADA and now, you know, you, you know, doing that at, at VMware and, and, and Google, you know, professional services in the context of supporting customers, when you have an affiliation and a commitment to the things that are much broader than the individual scope of that particular engagement. And in fact, you're looking at the impact and outcome that that makes across you know, the, the lifetime of that customer's adoption of Google Cloud. I found that it has changed all the rules in which you measure success on a ProServe project. It's changed the types of metrics that you, you've historically had grained, ingrained in your head in terms of you know, what are the KPIs that actually produce success? I'm sure you saw a lot of that maybe at VMware, although maybe they, they tried to extract maybe that more of us as a profit center than maybe even Google. But have you seen that? And, you know, it's, how, does that, how does that shape the, the, the team's morale and motivation and strategy when they're delivering for a customer? Yeah, no, I think it's a, a great point. First of all, stepping back at a little little um, uh, foundational level, you know, one of the reasons I when I made the transition from Accenture to um, that first startup at Gravity, and then I've pretty much been in startups since then. Obviously, VMware got pretty darn big when I was there. Um, I did a networking startup, which just got bought by NVIDIA, actually, a few weeks ago. So that was kind of yeah, cool. Saw that. Um, did a storage startup that didn't go anywhere. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, up until that point, I thought, oh, I've restarted some IPO. This is easy. And then I did a store start. I'm like, oh, it's not quite easy. Um, um, but, but, uh, when I made the transition to being on the, the vendor side, one of the things I felt like was I wasn't a mercenary anymore. Right. I was really, I stood for something and actually that's probably kind of true for SADA as well. Cause you guys Very made the true. decision to go all in on, on Google. So, you know, you're opinionated, like you're, you're not a mercenary, right? You actually stand for the technology as well. So you probably have probably similar attitudes and excitement from, from your folks as we do, which is you, you actually have something that you stand for and there's com competition out there against you, right? That, that has an alternative platform and, um, and view on the world um, from a technology standpoint. So, so it starts from there. I think that's, that's to me motivational. I think it is for other folks. Um, I think you're spot on in terms of how you look at the long-term customer relationship. You know, it's not, uh, you know, VMware, obviously like many software companies, it's a license model. Um, and, and, and VMware even more so is transactional. Like it was, it was, you know, even when I was, so I was there eight years, like I said, you know, we went from, um, you know, our largest deals being a couple hundred thousand dollars. I'm not talking PSO, I'm talking software deals, right? Yeah. To ELAs that were, you know, five, $10 million, $20 million. 
um, the average transaction size stayed the same that entire time. So it was like $11,000. That was the average transaction size. It was two ESX licenses. Um, so, you know, very transactional. So um, that's the difference with Google. We do, we're doing a lot bigger commit deals that are driving multi-year relationships with customers that are uh, really around transform transforming their business, obviously getting them off of their, um, the, the albatross of their existing assets and data centers and legacy technologies as quickly as possible to unlock that well, dollars, but unlock innovation as well. So that changes the, the, the nature of the engagement where you're really thinking long, long term um, and you're much more part of their team because you're not coming in for just a piece of the technology. It's really it's really transformational. So I think that's that's motivating. We still do look at utilization, believe it or not. You know, I, I heard you. I did watch some of your earlier, <laughs> earlier uh, blogs and you were saying that was one of the things that was nice for you not to focus on um, because of the way you work with your customers at SADA. Don't tell my team that because they'll be asking me to get rid of our time cards. But, um, <laughs> um, it's been, yeah. well, I'm glad you say that, Jason. We might record that clip and share that, share that to the rest of the organization. Um, I, I try not to hound on it. Uh, and, and, um, but we do talk about it and we do track it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's good it, to know because I'm like, was, wow. it, it, we do track it a little bit. Okay, and, yeah, good, and, good, in fact, good. I even have stakeholders that I that I that I have to answer to that that's very much around that. It's very much a big part of 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 the business. But what's but it's know, not how like, you bill. It's not how it's you not bill, how, right? It's, it's not, not how we bill. It's, it's not, not how we value. bill. Yeah. And 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 just like you, because we're a mirror image of Google. Um, you know. We can run the most successful project with the highest levels of utilization and deliver upon that. But if if the the output of that engagement three, six, nine months down the road uh, ends up becoming something where it's get, it dies on the vine, doesn't get rolled out, doesn't necessarily achieve the outcomes that were required. Um, you know, in the old school, that you, you would you would you would kind of depart SWAT team out and you would leave and you'd leave our customers kind of left holding the bag. You know, like you, we have multi-year relationships with those customers that, with with the intent to prove value well above and beyond when that project ends. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, we philosophically believe that, you know, when we need to add more resources, do more, do other things from ProServe to get us to the point where we feel comfortable that our customers are going to receive those value that value, then you know, we would happily every single time, you know, you know. You know, sacrifice, quote unquote, utilization for what we think uh, promotes the bigger brand of, of, of both Google and SADA. You know, that's so, great to hear. That's yeah, same, yeah. same, same, same. And we definitely, uh, where we need to, we'll, we'll over deliver. The only thing really constraining us is accounting, right? Accounting needs to know, you know, what you're delivering, how you're delivering. It to account for value because you need to, you need, especially again for these bundled deals where you have product and services together, they need to account for the revenue appropriate yeah. like across all the all the lines so that's that's about the only constraint we do have it feels is the, is yeah. the accounting side but um but we really obviously lean in on our customers i think the flip side's interesting as well like you, you know it again at vmware it was a no-brainer like people bought us uh i was i was actually running a, a very profitable services business there because we never discounted um, we never gave services away. Um, we had no competition, right? I mean, Hyper-V Hyper came out eventually, but it really wasn't competitive. Um, you know, VMware had 8% of the market. We, we don't have that luxury here at Google Cloud, right? We're, we're the third cloud and, and uh, racing hard to catch up with the others. So we have to get more creative and there's more cost pressures and, 
um, pricing pressures, whatnot, I, I, which I didn't honestly face at uh, VMware. But what I have here that I didn't have there was we could actually over deliver on value in amazing ways, right? Um, right. You know, there was there was more of a cosplay. How do you just buy less hardware? You know, there was some upside business benefits doing DR cheaper. You know, obviously provisioning assets quicker, right? That those were those had big business benefits, but nothing like going in and talk to a customer about you know, how they change the way they develop product, right? Or, and deliver product to their core customers or, you know, use uh, AI and machine learning and, and, and data at scale to, um, to, to, to unlock, you know, new, new revenue streams or, you know, change the, I mean, literally like with CCAI, we're, we're looking at deals where, you know, there's hundreds of millions of dollars of savings by mm -hmm. showing the improvements you can drive through through um, CCAI and, and um, yeah. um, you know, integrating with their with their core core system, so so that's you know that's exciting that you can actually like over deliver right instead of yeah. just uh, try to avoid the under under you know delivery of the business value. Yeah, yeah. There's we firmly believe that there's 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 never more opportunities to to, to claw out areas for innovation uh when we're when we're leaning in with the entire story of google cloud and you know i think it makes that a big differentiator with with some of the other competitors that are in the marketplace so you've had this great career start off at extensure accenture vmware you, you i love i love stories where you've both failed and succeeded in different types of startups that builds great character and, and learn, you know, you learn a lot of lessons, but you finally made that choice at some point to uh, go, go with Google. Uh, how did that come to pass? And what was the thinking behind making that uh, determination? And uh, why did you make the move? Well, I mean, going back a few years before I joined Google, I remember leaving VMware. I was in Australia because my wife's Australian, actually, and she she well, she didn't convince me to go back. I was pretty convinced I wanted to be there as well, and and so we moved back uh, 2009. And um, I realized, wait a sec, what am I going to do here? Once I left VMware, I was like, there's not many global tech companies that are headquartered in in Australia, right? Um, I guess Atlassian might have been one option, but. Um, uh, you know, I realized, well, there's certainly not a lot of startups I can go work with. So if I stay in Australia, I either go work for a big company like Amazon or Google, mm -hmm. or I move back to the Bay Area and I do startups again. So I decided, you know what? I don't want to go to a big company. I'm going to go move back to the Bay Area and do a startup again. And that's when I moved back in 2013 to join Cumulus Networks. And, and um, uh, you know, three years later, Diane joins Google. She's like, hey, I need I need someone to help uh, drive revolution and services. Um, and I ended up at Google anyway. So I, you know, I ended up moving back and joining a big company and, you know, honestly, um, besides, um, uh, knowing Diane and, and the amazing, you know, company she built at VMware, um, I, I looked at cloud as the future and the other two cloud vendors were in Seattle. And I, I do believe being at headquarters is pretty important when you're trying to, um, help as much as you can, right? And that means you need to be really very plugged in with uh, product, with marketing, with sales, with all the other parts of the company. And, and it's very hard to do that remotely. So, um, so yeah, I think it was one of the only large clouds that's headquartered down where I live here. And I wasn't, I wasn't willing to move. And, and obviously, again, D Diane had come over. So, um, so that's what got me there. Um, and as I mentioned, kind of alluded to earlier, that I think the First TJF I went to, like that first week, 
it was the uh, DeepMind team presenting AlphaGo. And I was like, wow, AI's gotten big. Wow, wow. <laughs> and, and that's where it hit me like, you know, like all that stuff I learned 20 years ago as an undergrad, I can actually put it to use here, um, which to be honest is overplaying it because I didn't learn nearly as much when you're hanging around a bunch of PhDs or people that have been doing that for five, you know, 10 years at Google. You feel uh, very uh, um, uh, minimal amount of knowledge in terms of comparison to where they are. But I felt very, very blessed and excited to be around these people that were driving, you know, a company that was that was AI first, AI driven. So, um, so yeah, that's that's what that's what got me there. It was really Diane, the, the being convinced that that cloud was the future of. Uh, and it's interesting because um, I think the startups have actually come back, right? I think actually Google's helped them come back in some ways. Because back when sure. I joined in 2016, there was really only one player in cloud. It was AWS. You know, Azure was starting to get more credibility, but uh, Google certainly wasn't there. Um, and um, uh, it felt like all the innovation in the enterprise software space was occurring in the cloud. And it felt like if you were going to go do something, you were ready. You were probably going to get steamrolled by Amazon at some point if you did do something. So it felt like there's just too much dust and noise. So I'm like, yeah, startups are dead for a little while. Um, interesting enough, they're back in spades, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. I, I think partly because multi-cloud's a thing, right? You basically have all the big cloud vendors. You know, one of the analogies I've used in the past is, you know, I see, I see us as the big OEMs, right? Back in the, the mid-tier space, you had, you know, Solar, Sun and, 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 um, um, uh, IBM AIX, you had HPUX, you had the big OEMs with their own flavors of, of, of Unix. And then you had x86 with IBM, HP, and Dell. And now you got cloud, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, you know, I was joking with someone the other day, like, I think, I think, uh, AWS is, is Dell because they're an execution engine. Um, they're kind of mostly direct, right? I mean, they do a lot with the channel, but not because they want to, um, right kind right. of, you know, their roots were more direct. And and um, uh, I think Microsoft is IBM because they've got 30,000 feet on the street. They've got contracts with everybody. Anyone that goes and talks to them says, can you do this? They say, absolutely, we can do that. And then they go figure out how to do it with those 30,000 feet on the street. Mm -hmm. And that leaves Google as HP, right? Which, which you know, we're the 90s HP, though, not the 2000. 2010 HP, right? It's back when it was really its core engineering roots, um, and uh, hopefully we don't end up where where ultimately where they did. But but um, but I do I do think we have one of our strengths is our technology and the technology focus. Obviously, Val Valley culture very similar yeah. to what what HP had. So, you know, I think it's engineering roots. It's uh, a commitment to innovation. Uh, it's it's having a good understanding of the consumer market and applying that in the enterprise and and I think it's a it's a posture of of always in any type of product area realizing that openness and 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 the freedom of choice has to be part of the play right and I think I think uh that's that's unique differentiators across well, any I of mean, the other yeah I had I had a thought of the consumer angle. That's actually a great point. That's where they get a lot of their 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 knowledge and roots as well. Um, uh, but you did touch on something that I think is different and super important is open source, right? Google's been committed to open source, um, and you know the creators of much of the great open source technologies out there right now, whether it's you know everything from from Kubernetes to TensorFlow and and um, 
um, you know, very used to, to, to sharing and that attracts great engineers. In my, in my experience, engineers are motivated by, by mostly by the desire to build something that's going to change the world and, and do it at scale. And, and obviously that allows them to, to share their, their IP and knowledge in a, in a different kind of way. And so Google's always allowed for that, uh, which is, which is cool. Yeah. We love that. Um, so you've, you're just coming off your four-year anniversary with Google, uh, came in under the Diane regime, and Diane took this business extremely far, uh, now under TK's leadership, um, obviously coming from a, a, a real strong enterprise-grade you know, background. Uh, you know, generally, how has those four years been? How, has you, how, how have you seen it evolve? Uh, you know, as you reflect back, what are what are some of the big things that you think about in terms of the change? Yeah, I mean, tremendous journey. When I got there, you know, literally there was nowhere inside. I mean, Google was a billion, a hundred billion dollar company when I joined. There was nowhere inside of that hundred billion dollar company that you can write a statement of work and go deliver a, a scope of work for a customer and charge them for it. Just couldn't do it, right? In the ads mm -hmm. business, most of what they did is tied into these big agreements, these ad agreements, and it's kind of, um, uh, you know, I won't say best effort because they provide amazing people and solve huge problems, but they're not contracted in an enterprise way where they're committing to a deliverable over a set price for a set amount of time because it's such a small part of the value, right? It's easy for them to give away those services um, because of the, 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 the gross margins on the product side. Yeah. Um, and, and it, you know, in the, in the ads world, they, the people don't engage that way, but enterprise tech, they want to, they want a contract. They want a commitment. I literally like this, this, this story will make you laugh. Uh, I think it was the second or third day I, I saw someone in the hallway and they said, Oh, who are you? And I introduced myself as the head of professional services. And it was a sales rep and he literally hugged me. So I got a hug. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I've been waiting so long to do professional services. Like, that's awesome. And it wasn't that we didn't have the talent. We had amazing people there. We just didn't engage the customers in the way they wanted to. We couldn't write contracts. And, um, and, and, and so we were delivering services in the way the ads team did it for, for our enterprise customers, which of course didn't work. And so, you know, it took us about six months to actually get to where we can write a contract and bill for bill for a service. And uh, so it was into 2016, I think, the first consulting gig we did where we billed for it. Um, and we've just come a tremendous way since then. So that kind of gives you an idea of some of like the roots, like how, how much we had to build that just didn't exist. Um, so we've come a long way. Uh, Thomas has pushed us super hard. I mean, one of the amazing things about watching him in action is he, because he comes from, um, uh, Oracle, like he understands a very complex, a way to run a very complex business with many different uh, technologies that are at different altitudes and levels, right? Everything from core infrastructure up to applications. Mm -hmm. um, so I think his his um, ability to 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 kind of rally the troops, organize everybody in a way that gets them super focused on the things we need to accomplish, but be clear about that, what, what our strategy is and how we all work together. It's just been a joy to watch. So, you know, I feel like we just continue to, to evolve and, and, uh, you know, he's very focused on the very large enterprise customers, uh, in a way that's, uh, that's super exciting. So, you know, we did, we've just doing much bigger deals now that are really, uh, working at the CXO level, CEO level to, to change their business, right? It's not just, a um, a line of, line of business or a workload. It's everything from end to end. So 
Um, and you know, his expectations are super high on, on making sure that the company knows how to operate in, in a customer centric way that is, you know, I, I mean, everyone's in my experience has been customer centric. We all listen to the customers. We're excited to help the customers, but we sometimes ignored some of the basics about how you contract, how you price, how you work mm -hmm. with partners, how you work with the customer, how you drive product changes. Right. So it's been, those are the things that he's really brought to the table that have been exciting to watch. And like I said, that's manifesting in much larger deals um, and higher velocity on kind of everything across, across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think you, I think you nailed it in the, in the earlier stages uh, of Google really making strong impact in this ecosystem. It was in those largely in those companies that were starting out being very disruptive. They had an idea, they had a vision, they had a greenfield, and um, they attached themselves to Google because of that like-mindedness and they drove great innovation. And in fact, I think Google's a big part in, in how that's kind of reshaped and re-emerged the, the kind of renaissance of, 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 of the, the startups. And it's great being in the, in, in the Bay Area there and you know, to be able to influence that. You know, and I think that part of that enterprise journey is uh, there's a new need for the types of professional services when you are up leveling and going into the enterprise at a level of maturity and dedication, scale, depth, and uh, you know, really white glove, you know, boots on the street, helping customers. Because in the enterprise, you're dealing with customers that have, in some cases, not all, but a a long legacy of of technical debt and a set of problems that are uh, significantly di different than those what we call digital natives and. Uh, professional services are and, and are in fact a key ingredient to making that change. You know? Yeah, yeah, abso absolutely. Actually, one of the things I was going to point out in terms of the, the evolution of Google Cloud that a lot of people don't really realize, you know, like, well, how come you were not more in the enterprise? It wasn't that long ago that we couldn't sell to 95% of the enterprise, right? So, you know, we had some feature gaps and one of them was uh, Cloud Interconnect, right? It was probably two right. years ago we rolled out, if you remember, we rolled out Cloud Interconnect, which effectively allowed us to connect our data centers to our customers' data centers without using a VPN. And um, and so I think that was the 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 thing that held us back the most because we couldn't go after night. We, we go after a Greenfield application with, a, with an enterprise customer, but how many of those are there, right? Most of it's Brownfield, lift and shift, migrate. And we mm -hmm. couldn't go after that because it required a complete network overhaul uh, if you were going to shift your 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 uh, your existing apps into into GCP, and you couldn't talk to your existing data centers, uh, you know, except through a VPN, which doesn't scale and doesn't work. So, yeah. so that's I think there were some things missing that prevented us uh, from really going after the enterprise. And then once we filled that gap, obviously we had to win deals, prove our chops, you know, most people don't want to be the first person, right? They ask, you know, where have you done this before in my vertical, in my geography? So, you know, we spent the last two years really developing those reference accounts and proof points that allow us to go compete. And now here we are, like, you know, I was just talking to the team, we have mainframe workloads running now in, in, in the cloud, the first set of mainframe mm -hmm. workloads we've brought over and not just brought over from a lift and shift and emulation perspective, but we're actually uh, helping them uh, modernize them and containerize mm -hmm. them and um, 
um, you know, we, we acquired a company called Cornerstone earlier in the year that allows us to do this in an automated way. So it gets no more enterprise than mainframe, right? And, and right. it's just amazing to see that we have these assets, this team that can go address things like that, that, you know, whereas two years ago, like you said, we were working with a bunch of digital natives doing cool stuff, but it it, it wasn't enterprise, right? The way it is yeah. now. I talked to my team about what makes a great professional services organization. At SADA, we aspire to be the best in our category for providing exceptional professional services. And I know you do too. And you know we have a unique relationship between us because we're oftentimes collaborating together and working side by side uh, with you in some of the most strategic accounts that you have across the globe. Those are great experiences for us. Uh, I love how the PSO organization has embraced partners in your pursuit of driving outcomes with with our, our mutual customers. It's very different. Like you said, it's a very different model than AWS. It's a very different model than Microsoft, which has a, a larger aspiration for what they want their you know, professional services teams to do. Um, you know, I want to thank you because that's been... Uh, highly appreciative uh you know we've been very appreciative of that it allows us to bring in people that may have come from other cloud providers get them certified get them engaged along with your teams work in those accounts and then we can then expand and, and move further and we've we've appreciated that do you think that that is uh you know uh, something that uh is intentional i think it is is that something that we you know we could expect to continue to see is that in, in the end good for your customers right and and why yeah no absolutely as i kind of alluded to at the beginning of this like you know we have cost structures and uh, other areas to invest that will always prevent us from having a large services org it's not where we want to you know spend a quote unquote spend a headcount right we really want to put yeah. an engineering building product or um you know on the sales side acquiring new customers um obviously um the thing holding us back often is customers like, no, I want the throat to choke for, uh, of the vendor. And that's mm -hmm. probably the single biggest thing that, 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 you know, um, we have to overcome and making sure that we can transition to the part partner model. And we're, I think we're balancing that out between like, Hey, you might need us right now for the beginning, but you don't need us for long haul. Yeah. Or you, you might yeah. need us for this new thing you're doing, but you shouldn't need us forever. And, and our pricing, right. So protecting our, you know, our, we're super expensive. So, you know, I mean, I, like I thought we were expensive at VMware. We were, you know, kind of $3,000 a day. We're $5,000 yeah. a day at, at Google. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of off the charts when it comes to the price. So, you know, you really have to be sure that that's what you want to, you want to go do. And that, that'll, that'll protect that somewhat, but, you know, we're always going to be I think that the, the special forces, right? The people that really have a small, small fighting force. Maybe it's a good, bad analogy to be used in this day and age, but small fighting force with highly specialized skills. And then we're going to be looking for our partners to, to really take, take the, be the army, so to speak, and really uh, stay with that customer for, for the long haul. Um, and by the way, like back to your passion about like being the best, I think it really comes down to people. I, I mean, it's, it's what you're selling people essentially. And, and you know, one of the things that's really hard in a services org is um, is keeping that bar high, right? Because you're you're kind mm -hmm. of only as good as your as your weak, weakest link. And and um, 
Um, you know, one of the nice things about Google is I've never been in a place where it's kind of easier to attract talent. And even at VMware, it's heydays. People are like, ah, VMware, what? Like, where, where is this all going? Yeah. Um, versus Google, you know, it has some, has some cachet, but, but, you know, keeping that, that culture of like awesome technical focus, curiosity, constantly learning, um, but also customer focused, right? We're going to dot your I's, cross your T's you know, not drop a ball, like those are, it's hard to balance those two things out like that, that, that strong communication, strong delivery, ex, you know, excellence with deep technical experts. Um, but, you know, I think you guys have done that incredibly well. Um, I'd like to think we, we've done it as well. And then we help each other where we have to like, it, we, projects. we do. And, you know, I just even, you know, you know, we had talked, I think earlier in the year and, I had asked, you know, Jason, I, I need to get connected with a lot of your folks, you know, across the territories. You know, in truth, the last few weeks, uh, you know, me and my teams have been working with almost every one of your PSO leads in almost every one of the territories. And what's fun about it and something that's so foreign to some of the other cloud providers that I've worked with in my prior past is that level of transparency. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. And I love when I see my my leads in engineering and your leads in PSO you know, sharing, you know, templates, methodologies, uh, you know, scripts that have been automated to do this and that, and we share case studies. Uh, it's been it's been wonderful since we've had that conversation back in January, and I, I think the level of, of of collaboration is 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 like nothing I've ever seen before between a platform pro serve organization and and a partner like Sada. So I really appreciate the leadership there. Really well, appreciate the leadership. You know. there. Some of it's culture, some of it's technology. You know, and you you ping me earlier in the week. You know, you're on my hangouts. You sh- boom, you pop up my hangouts. Yeah, it's great. Like, like yeah, it's great. You know, here I lo- we are. I, lo- I love that. I love here, that. I love. Here that. we are recording it and 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 meet right. Like, um, uh, you know, you guys, you guys are. It's like you're part of Google, right? And, yeah. And the technology lends itself to that, and uh, and certainly the culture at Google does. Like, that's the part I've been blown away by when I joined. You hear all this stuff externally, and you know, I got there, I was like. Oh, all this stuff you're outside is actually true. And then some, right? People just really share information. Um, the tools allow for that. The culture allows for that, whether it's cross geography, cross organizational boundaries. Now you're, as you're saying, cross company boundaries, right? So yeah. that's, that's, that's cool. I think it's critical because that's, you know, it, it, like our speed of innovation is somewhat dependent on our ability to to communicate and, and mash our knowledge together, right? Um, and evolve mm-hmm. it rapidly together. That's where innovation occurs is people coming together and, you know, riffing on each other essentially. And that's, yeah. I think that's, that's where we're at, right? So obviously, you know, we're, we're all dealing with a, the new world reality right now with respect to the pandemic and the, the, the changes in how uh, we can uh, provide, you know, that same level of great service to our joint customers. I, we've loved the the general posture of Google and, and of course us, which has always been, uh, we're going to serve during this time rather than sell, which has been inspiring uh, and, and I think is the right tone. And, and, and there's nothing more in my view that is a demonstrable uh, act of that than continuing with great professional services in making sure that the projects and initiatives and the things that our customers need to still get done still happen. 
and they have to happen. Uh, but of course, we're not on site with our customers as much as as, as we are. Uh, we've we've started to talk about when that might be, and we don't know. Uh, we're trying to change some things in terms of trying to provide that same level of great service. How have you guys dealt with that, and what are you doing to continue to deal with that? What are your plans? Yeah, well, um, first let me say I've been super proud of the team because much again, much as we talked about the collaboration, sharing cross borders, like you know, you know, APAC had to hit this first for us, and then obviously, I mean, US closely followed behind that was was uh, you know everyone got together and figured out you know how do we evolve our tool sets and uh, methodologies to do 100% remote, and you know we had, had good skills in that because we do, we do a lot remote with the technology, and even if you're on site, there's always people on the project team that are remote anyway. Um, but I was super proud that that first big project we did with uh, yeah, it was like 70 people involved for British Telecom. We kicked off, and it was 100% remote, and the CSAT we got on that engagement was super high. And it was like, oh, that's great to see. Like the teams really rallied around solving this problem and providing better assets. So we continue to invest in the assets. And um, um, uh, I think the second thing that I was really excited to see was, as you said, just serving the community and our customers in a way that was needed, right? Um, the one that I think it made, certainly made Governor Como's uh, talk track, uh, but I, I think Sundar talked about it as well in an earnings call was the work we did to help the state of New York on their unemployment site. And, and mm-hmm. you know, that that my team was involved, it wasn't only my team, we had some engineers, we had DevRel and some other parts of the org really rallied it to, to fix their front end application while we were continuing to fix their back end mainframe. And so, um, you know, that got, you know, people stayed up 24 hours, 48 hours to solve it. And they did, and they got it solved and we launched on time and, you know, cause Governor Coma committed to, to be live at 9 a.m. the next day. And, and we figured it out and got it done. And, and the, A, that couldn't have been done without the people. B, it couldn't have been done without the cloud technologies we had, right? Firebase and our backend, backend data stores and, and uh, systems and our CICD pipelines and all that to help us build this. Um, but, but, and also like, it was just, people were passionate about helping and that was, that was cool to see. So, you know, that's, that, uh, that, that continues, um, across a bunch of areas, you know, there's stories in, in, in Spain and, uh, APAC as well. Um, so it's not just here, here in the U S but, um, but, you know, I, we, I think the, the other thing I noticed was how in the U S at least we didn't miss a beat, right. There was, um, uh, in some ways, COVID was an accelerant for cloud because people are looking to do things differently quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like, let's think about it. Like, if you look, at, I was looking at a list of customers the other day, and it was for a different presentation. But I looked at, it, I'm like, you know, what's funny about this list of customers? Half of them did really well out of COVID. Like, their businesses are booming. Like, there's, there's you know, retailers, yeah. media companies, and I'm like, the other half travel sector didn't do well, but guess what? Both of them were saved by the cloud. Yeah. Because if you're in the cloud and the business shrinks, well, guess what? You now don't have that fixed capital asset you're paying for. Or if you're, you know, in the cloud and it booms, you can, you can elastically grow. We had customers that were growing 30, 40 X in, in a, in a, in, in a week. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Some of our online retailers, like they had bigger, traffic than they did during uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So it was like suddenly out of nowhere, we had a Black Friday, Cyber Monday event to deal with uh, for, for retailers. Um, 
and they all enabled by cloud and the people behind it support it. So that that was kind of that was kind of cool to see. Sundar even announced in the press release just you know launching in collaboration with Google and some of our healthcare partners a COVID nineteen emergency response portal that you know integrates all the best data from the best healthcare providers in the world and you know supported and powered by Google Cloud and Looker and other things and. Uh, it's inspiring when we can start to do some of those things that are meaningful, impactful to to the world. Um, but then you're right. You know, we've equally seen that a lot of these organizations right now are using this uh, you know horrible crisis as an opportunity to um, you know get through it and get through it faster. Uh, you know you know, somewhat absorb some of the downfall that they're going through and and, and others are 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 continuing to to innovate. And that's you know, it's great. We're 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 both very blessed to be in the business that we're in and it's wonderful to be able to to kind of transfer that to our customers. I know that Google is is was in my book kind of one of those progressive companies that's trying to build something special. You know, we at SADA, you know, I always like to say we're trying to build the kind of company that we've always loved to to work for or wanted to work for. We learn a lot from uh, the great precedent that's been set by Google. Uh, and Jason, I I just want to thank you. I, I, I continue to value our our special partnership and our, and our and our friendship very very much. And I reserve the right to continue to bug you and and ask you questions so I can learn from you. I I can only aspire one day that when I walk through the halls of Sada that you know the you know the the new hires come up to me and hug me and thank me for starting and building a professional services company like they did with you on your first week. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my people to see if someone might do that. But uh, I well I, I would I would give I would give you a hug if I was there. Tana. Thank you, buddy. I would I'll yeah, give you a hug I, too. Yeah. yeah. No, well. I I really appreciate you having me on and and uh, uh, tell Tony when when Pac-12 football starts up, I'll we'll have to get down there for the next uh, USC Stanford game. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always a, it's always a crazy one. So um, uh, I'll uh, bring it. I'll bring it down, and I'll buy all your USC gear that you're going to have to wear. That's well, the, that's I, the one condition. I think I mentioned the last time my niece plays soccer for them now, so uh, yeah. I can't be too I can't be too harsh on them. But um, but hopefully yeah. all the college athletes and the rest of us can get back to actually living life. How we're used yeah. to, but, um, but it was great to catch up with you. Thanks for having me on. Super excited about our partnership and continued closeness as, as we hit the next big challenges and opportunities, because it just keeps evolving and everything just keeps getting bigger, which is just awesome. So thank you for all you do to help us continue to grow, grow the business and, and, us and, 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 and support you and keep you honest. So, or keep us yeah. honest. So keep us honest, ask for anything. Yeah. Um, happy to, happy to help. So thank you. Thank you, Jason okay. Martin. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.